Hi, welcome back to Casually Artful. We're here for episode two. As always, I'm your host, Stephanie Lee, and I know it's only been a week, but we have a lot to cover. You guys know I've been working out the kinks for what I want to include on this. And while I still think that this podcast is going to have a lot of dynamic topics and a lot of things are going to change as this show progresses, my plan for this show is it for it to be a journalistic style podcast. I want to document my own journey to finding success or m- what I consider to be successful, I guess. And I've pulled the trigger on a lot of things lately. So let's start there. I am um, currently going through two programs. One of them is fairly new. And then one of them is actually years old. I actually decided to do a variation of 75 hard. Um, I'm doing 75 soft technically because I've changed a lot. And I know they say the rules are not to change any of the rules of 75 hard. It's supposed to be hard, but I'm changing them. Sue me. I'm currently on day four. And for those who aren't familiar, I'll read the rules of 75 hard and then I'll tell you what I'm changing. Okay, so the main rule is if you skip a day, if you fail to complete any of the tasks on any day within the 75 day period, you have to start over. I've given up quite a few times already on this challenge, but I'm going to stick with it this time. And I'll, I'll tell you what my mechanisms are for making sure that I follow through on this in a second. Okay, so rule number one, if you skip a day, you have to start over. Then rule number two is that you have to pick a diet to follow with no alcohol or cheat meals for the entire 75 days. Rule number three is that you have to drink a gallon of water daily. Number four, you have to complete two daily workouts, 45 minutes each, and one of them has to be outside. Number five, read 10 pages of any nonfiction book per day. And then number six, take a progress photo every day. Okay, so now I can tell you what I'm changing. So truthfully, the rules of 75 hard are not conducive to my lifestyle. I don't think that I would ever make it out of that loop of starting over if I didn't make some alterations to it. And if you think about it, most exercises have a beginner variation of them for you to be able to complete them and do what works best for you. So that's pretty much what I'm doing here. I'm going to stick to the main rule where if you break a day, if you don't finish, you have to start over. I want to do this thoroughly for the entire 75 days. So nothing's changing with that. Okay, trigger warning, I'm about to talk about rule number one, which has to do with dieting and food. I'm going to talk about my relationship with all of that. So if that's tough for you, then just skip ahead like a minute or two. I've already kind of gotten to a place where I'm really happy with my food intake. I pretty much already eat very healthily. And my relationship with food can sometimes be a slippery slope. If I'm not very intentional about what I'm doing, uh, it can all spiral out of control very fast for me. And I'm in a good groove with my diet per se right now. So I'm not looking to make any changes there, um, but I am looking to increase my protein intake so I can prioritize foods that are high in protein This will also be the only time that I mention the food portion of this, the diet portion of this challenge. Um, It's not something that I feel like needs to be kept up with weekly, especially for the the world. 
And on top of that, I think it's boring. I also don't really find it that challenging to exclude alcohol from my daily routines. I haven't had a drink since July. I'm just not a big drinker anymore, so I don't really feel like that's going to be applicable to me in this, and I'd rather focus the energy elsewhere. So I'm going to focus really hard on the water intake portion of this. I'm going to try to drink a gallon, and I'm going to try to drink more than a gallon, and we'll see how that goes. So the next big change that I'm making is to the workout portion of this. So I love the gym. Um, I go to the gym very often. I also have a lot of athletic extracurriculars. I currently go to an aerial yoga class. It's more like yoga lotties, but you get the gist. Either way, I digress. When I go to the gym, I normally spend anywhere between two and three hours there. And I know that sounds like a lot, but I'm in a really good groove with my workouts. I take my time. I lift. Gym people know. So I'm not necessarily looking to change that right now, especially because it's exceeding what is asked of me, except for the outdoors portion. So here's what I'm doing. I'm going to commit to going to the gym every day because I don't go to the gym every day, but I'm going to go for 75 days with one day of active rest. So I'm going to prioritize walking more. I'm going to make sure that I get some sun on my face, be outside, maybe do some yoga outside a couple times a week. But as long as I go to the gym once a day, which is technically the rules of 75 soft, then I'm going to consider it a win. I'm going to take a progress picture every day. I was on the fence about that one at first, but I was reading this article about 75 hard while I was doing the research for this podcast episode on today.com. And they quoted the creator of 75 hard, Andy Frisella, for saying this about the progress photo. He says, this is not just to show your physical transformation. Once you start getting some progress, fitness or business or anywhere else, you start to forget the little details as you go. These photos will help you to remember the daily progress of your journey. He also encourages people to take photos that show their body, recognizing that this may be difficult, but that these photos are for you only and don't need to be posted. I think that I'm going to make this fun by taking, yeah, sure, I can take body progress photos too, but I just want to kind of document this as I go. So I'm going to just photograph a lot, to be honest. I'm going to try to take more than one photo each day and just see how that helps me to hold me accountable. I like to photograph things, so I think that it'll be good incentive to make sure that I get it done every day. I'm not changing the rule about reading 10 pages of a nonfiction book every day. I love to read. I already read 10 pages of a book every day, and it's not always nonfiction. I love self-help books. I like nonfiction books about topics that I could learn information about. But personally, I just finished two really heavy books. I just finished reading On Earth Were Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong. And before that, I was reading A Little Life by Hanya Yanagara. And I don't know, I was just ready for something super light and easy, like a romance book. I've been wanting to read a smut book, to be honest. And one thing about me and books, I read the book that speaks to me at the time. I read the book that I think I need. Once I started to get close to the end of Ocean Vuong's book, I was ready. I was ready for something easily digestible, a simple, stupid plot even. I was ready for a Colleen Hoover book. And I hate Colleen Hoover's writing. And then the thing that actually ended up changing my mind 
was this girl's TikTok that I saw um, where she was posting about starting to do the Artist's Way program on Monday, which was the Monday that just passed. And that instantly fixed my 10-page nonfiction, non-slutty book dilemma because I've been wanting to do this as well. So I joined her Slack channel and now me and 11 other random strangers on the internet are all completing this program together. And for those of you who don't know what The Artist's Way is, it's a book written by Julia Cameron. It came out in 1992. It comes with a workbook and it's essentially a program designed to help you unleash your creativity through the terms of spirituality. It's set up really similar to The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. I also haven't done that one yet, but I do want to in the future. That's also a book that comes with a workbook, but we're just going to focus on The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron for right now, because that's what I'm actively working on. So basically, she modeled this after the 12 steps of recovery, and there are some mentions of God in there, as so do the 12 steps, but there's also lots of mention of the universe or just something really general as our creator. I'm not that far into the book. I'm still working on week one's worth of tasks and stuff like that. But the way I see it, God is a coping mechanism that some people need and some people don't to rationalize the things that happen to them. And truthfully, the focus of the book is finding and unleashing your creativity through spirituality, not Christianity. And the book came out 30 years ago. So in my opinion, you just take what resonates and leave what doesn't. And it's all the same anyways. You can always insert whatever deity, whatever word works for you. I think that the book has a lot to offer if you can get past that part. So the book is set up in a really interesting way. It starts like with the beliefs and the general principles that the book is founded on. It basically touches on things like how it's in our true nature to be curious and creative and how to deny yourself of that time to learn and explore is against our nature and inherently robbing yourself of something that you should be experiencing frequently, which I wholeheartedly agree with. I don't think that every single person is going to be producing giant art pieces, but I definitely still think that it's something that people are lacking in their lives. The appreciation of art, immersing themselves in art, in creativity, in exploring. And I say this all the time, you don't have to be good at your hobbies to enjoy them. So after it breaks down the principles of the book, it comes with a contract inside the workbook that you sign that basically you decide that you're going to hold yourself accountable to it. You're making this contract with yourself. There's only four things in this contract that you're agreeing to, so it's very manageable. The contract reads, I, Stephanie Lee, understand that I am undertaking an intensive guided encounter with my own creativity. I commit myself to the 12-week duration of this course. Number two says, I, Stephanie Lee, commit to each weekly reading, daily morning pages, a weekly artist's date, and the fulfillment of each week's tasks. I, Stephanie Lee, further understand that this course will raise issues and emotions for me to deal with. And finally, I, Stephanie Lee, commit myself to excellent self-care, adequate sleep, diet, exercise, and pampering for the duration of this course. Are you starting to see why I thought that this would go really well with the 75 hard thing that I'm doing? They basically both have the same principles. Prioritize your wellness and your self-care in order to produce and to be the best version of yourself, which is quintessential to being creative. 
I'll do an episode about discipline eventually. It's something that I'm still working on, so I really don't think that I'm in a place where I'm ready to speak on it and to share. Yet, this is good practice for that, which is my ultimate goal, to be honest. Let's circle back to what the artist's way actually entails, though, for the entire 12 weeks. So it's broken down by the readings for each week and the topics that they're focusing on. And then those readings also have tasks in the workbook that you would have to complete. So for example, week one, the theme is recovering a sense of safety. And the associated tasks are list three old enemies of self-worth. Write out a memory where you felt low self-worth. List three champions of your creative self-worth. Write out a letter of encouragement, either for yourself or for someone else. List out five other lives and do an activity related to one of them. List your affirmations. Take a 20-minute walk, just you. And then, of course, you have to do the morning pages and the weekly artist date every week. The morning pages is actually very easy for me. I already journal, but it's making it the habit of journaling every day that's going to be the challenge. You have to write out three full-sized pages worth of writing as soon as you wake up and just get it off your chest. In the book, she talks about how you actually have to act on the things that, that come up for you throughout the writing. The point she makes in the books with the examples that she gives is that you have to listen to yourself and you have to understand the things that you actually want and you have to act on those things in order to improve upon your situation to allow yourself to be more creative because you're not blocked by these things that are bothering you or hindering you. So three pages every day, baby. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. And I normally write a beefy journal, but I'm pretty sure it's because I don't write for a couple of days and then I make an entry and then I don't write for a couple of days and then I make an entry. So trying to produce three pages every day will be a challenge, but I'm excited for it. And you can write about anything you want. You know, it doesn't have to be happy. It doesn't have to be productive. It, it can literally be about anything. It's supposed to be about anything. It should be a little different every day. She also makes a point in the book to say that when you start to see recurring themes and recurring patterns or recurring topics in your writing, that that's probably something that you have to pay attention to and focus on and work on, basically, because it's bothering you. One thing about me, I love new stationery and I feel so productive with a new little notebook and a pen that writes well. <laughs> if there's an alternate universe out there where I went off the deep end and wrote a manifesto, just know that I wrote the whole thing in a rollerball glitter gel pen. <laughs> but I digress. I bought a new notebook so that when it's time for me to reflect on everything that I wrote over the 12 weeks, it's not tangled up in my other journal. It's not a part of something else like this set of writing will stand on its own and be by itself isolated in its own notebook so that I can look back on it and really understand exactly what I was going through. Because I feel reading back a stream of consciousness that's very similar to me talking into this microphone will be eye-opening looking back on it. And I also think I'll be more motivated to do it if I get to do it in my nice new notebook with my nice new pen. I'm a girl of simple pleasures. 
because everybody else in the Slack channel is a complete stranger and the only thing that we have in common is the fact that we're all doing this program at the same time, it's actually been really refreshing to see a perspective that I might not have had from somebody in my close circle. And there's just something about a complete stranger that just holds you accountable. We do meet once a week to reflect on everything that we did from the week before. And I really am trying to participate and to be insightful and... I want to go through this wholeheartedly, so I'm taking it really seriously. And the third major component to this whole 12-week course, besides the weekly tasks and the morning pages, is the artist state. The rules for the artist state is that it has to be solo. You have to go by yourself so that you can foster your own introspection and that you don't have any distractions from what you are truly feeling in the moment. And the second part is that it has to be fun. She spends a lot of time in the book talking about working on our creativity and working through our blocks, but the whole purpose of the date is for it to be playful. The entirety of the book is working on our blocks through play, or more so balancing work and play to create a steady creative flow, or more so maybe working on your creativity through the exploration of play. And one of the things that she does really well in the book is give lots of examples. So there was tons of examples of how people who weren't necessarily creatives, you know, they weren't artists, they didn't make anything physical or perform or any of that stuff, were able to still implement this in their life and provided examples of the types of dates that they took themselves on. I think I know what my first date is going to be, but we'll talk about it in the recap. In case I end up doing something else, you'll hear about the date that I take myself on next week. And I encourage you to take yourself on a date too. There's a a quote that I love on the same page that she talks about the artist date. And it reads, Creativity comes forward from being coaxed, not bludgeoned. This podcast is my first creative project for the year that I'm currently not being paid for. This podcast, like everything else, will be a fruit of my labor. It's a body of work that I can show. It will make me money at some point. But this is the first thing that I've been inspired to create without being commissioned for it all year. And I feel like that's because there's this weird cycle. And I'll, again, make a whole episode about this in the future. But I went through a really big period of burnout and I've spent the year really recovering from that burnout and it was so bad that I decided I wanted to change everything. I'll never work another nine to five again. It also prompted a creative, stylistic, artistic change or transformation within my work and I think that these two programs will really help me to understand what kind of art I want to create next and on top of that I swear, I didn't even plan it this way. I just happened to do the math and realized that it works out perfectly. I started 75 hard four days ago. The girl that created the Slack channel decided that we were all going to start the artist's way on Monday, which was two days ago. The last week of the artist's way program where we meet and talk about the 12th week is literally the day that I would be finished with 75 hard. Which is why I'm going to finish the 75 hard, because what the heck? And I will say the universe doesn't really do coincidences. Like everything you do, if it seems coincidental, it's not. It's aligned. So I feel like that was like the universe's little push to me to actually stick to it 
and see what happens. And if that wasn't good enough, the cherry on top of all of that is that the date that I would finish these programs would be two or three days after, well, it would be four days after my 25th birthday. I'm already predicting going into this that a lot of the things that will come up in my writing for my morning pages will be probably about deterring or deferring a quarter-life crisis. But right now, I'm riding the highs and we're taking everything in stride and I think it's going to work out really well. If you're interested in the artist's way, um, I was able to find a PDF of both the workbook and the actual book online. So I would definitely check that out and maybe skim through it and see if it's something you're interested in completing. I'll keep updating uh, as I go through this, but I don't want to make the whole podcast about this challenge that I'm doing. But that's all I have to say about this for right now. Um, I'm really excited to see what I learn about myself and how I come out on the other end of this. So yeah. And I chose to bring it up in this episode because today's episode is actually supposed to be about inspiration and finding inspiration. And I feel like those were really great places to start this episode off with. So let's just jump right in and talk about what I actually consider inspiring. I think to seek out inspiration, you have to know where to look, which obviously, like taste and preference, that answer changes for everyone. But for me personally, I find so much inspiration looking at other people's works of art. And it's not just limited to actual physical paintings or even clay or anything. I mean, movies, music. I love live music for that reason, to be honest. Ooh, I also really like seeing other people succeed. Like, that's very inspiring to me. Especially my peers. I love seeing my peers succeed. For example, I'm mutuals on TikTok with a girl named Giabelle Ray. That's her at, Giabelle Ray. When we first became mutuals, she had like 40,000 followers. And this was back in like 2021. And she went on TikTok and was like, I'm going to become an influencer. Watch. And then she did. And now she has like four or 500,000 followers. And it was all through strategy and consistency. It was very impressive to me because at the time, like I worked in marketing, like I still do work in marketing. So I understand what that takes and how much work goes into something like that. And it's not something I've ever desired for myself. I recently had the revelation that I have no choice but to promote my art if I want people to know about it. But that's a different story. I don't think I would ever be able to come on the internet and just share about my makeup every day and make it interesting. But she makes really good content. And that's where she's found some of her success. But I know what goes into it. And I know how hard it is to make those videos. So seeing that be successful is something that's very inspiring to me. I feel like I spent the first half of this episode talking about books, but that's another place that I really do draw great inspiration from. If you've never read Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes, if you have the opportunity to listen to the audiobook, it's narrated by Shonda Rhimes herself, and she's already an incredible storyteller. So she does an amazing job throughout this whole book of just gassing you up to do amazing things. I don't want to get too into the books, but if somebody is interested, I do document every single book that I read in a highlight on my Instagram under the books tab. You should check it out. And I've pretty much kept a list there. You can add them to your TBRs and let me know what you think. 
My Instagram handle is at fried kiwis with two eyes on the end. I will again leave everything in the show notes so you guys can check that out. Other YouTube videos are also things that can be inspiring or at least spark some inspiration within me. But I like to watch, again, other people just create content. I like to watch people just do their thing and do the thing that they're good at. That is really, really, really great to me. But if you're specifically looking for art content made by artists about making art, I would definitely check out Kelsey Rodriguez on YouTube. She makes videos, how-to videos about how to start your online store, how to make art, how to learn how to make art, all anything you could want. She makes a lot of content specifically about how to make money as an artist, which has been really helpful to me. And there's also another video creator. Uh, his name is Struthless. He also creates on YouTube and specifically talks about how to get out of a creative rut and then talks about the psychology behind creating art. And he makes a lot of content that asks the big questions, if that makes sense. They're both fabulous creators, and I think that you could benefit a lot from them, probably more than you could benefit from this podcast, to be honest, because they both create content that is really made for the consumer, whereas I'm just documenting my processes, I'm going through it, and just hoping that people can resonate with it. I'm trying to show the side of things that people don't normally get to see and the questions they don't normally get to ask. They're creating content for the questions that everyone's asking, but no one's answering. I'm hoping to do a mix of both. When I was doing research for this podcast, one of the things that I had to do was listen to a lot of podcasts. And I just loved the idea that I could wake up and talk shit into a microphone if I really wanted to. But I found this genre of podcasts that was actually really helpful and explorative of topics that I weren't seeing being covered anywhere else. For example, Meghan Markle's podcast, Archetypes, is fabulous. She sits down with different women and basically talks about the archetype that they were portrayed as to the media and then also versus the person that they really were and what they were actually going through. And it's just such a good love letter to perspective. She has a lot of like really raw and honest conversations with these women and it's just a fabulous podcast. It's also very easily digestible. It's not too long and there's only a couple episodes It was a fabulous example for me to learn from. And I think that that's really important when it comes to specifically seeking out inspiration is to make sure that you're learning something new or doing something new so that you can gain a new perspective, basically. If you're just looking for inspiration to get out of like a little rut, if you think that you've gotten a little stagnant, maybe, there's a podcast called Make Your Damn Bed. It's only five minutes long. It's on Spotify and Apple, I'm pretty sure. It's bite-sized and they cover like an array of topics that just makes it so diverse and wonderful. Now, I can acknowledge that sometimes consuming is not going to be the thing that's going to fix your issue. If it's a lack of inspiration, sometimes it's because we're spending too much time on our phones and we are consuming too much content. I normally try to be really intentional about my screen time, but I've been kind of bad about it lately, so I don't want to go on a high horse about screen time. But ideally, in a perfect world, my screen time would be between two and four hours a day. And hopefully that would be including the time that it takes me to like upload content. Lately, I've been finding that exercise has actually helped me to clear my mind enough to have creative thoughts. 
That's one of the best things that has come out of 75 hard for me so far. Going to the gym every day has given me a whole new perspective. I have like the craziest endorphins after I'm done working out and getting to feel that every single day has really opened my eyes again. And being outside, just going to be near the ocean or a body of water or literally just to put your toes in the grass. It really does help with the whole perspective and grounding thing for me at least Being able to just go outside and spend a few minutes literally touching grass does a lot for me, truthfully. It really does. Ooh, another good one is vision boarding. I'm due to update my vision boards. Vision boards are great when I'm not feeling artistically inclined. They're really great for when I'm not liking anything that I'm making, when I feel like none of the art that I'm making is coming out how I want it to. It's just such a good reset for when I've maybe strayed away from my original goals or my long-term goals. And also it's really good because I get to create something physical with my hands. Sure, you can create a digital vision board if you want, and it can be your screensaver. It can be the background on your TV. However, I feel like it works best if you actually make a physical collage. You just print out a bunch of really pretty pictures that resonate with you. Sometimes you can be a little crazy and Photoshop yourself into them if you want for better visualization. But it's a nice little project because it's it's aesthetically pleasing by the time you put all the pictures on the collage. So by the time you're done with it, it is something that you're proud of. But physically visualizing your goals every day actually does help you to stay on track and to work towards them. You're supposed to keep your vision board in a place where you can see it every day. So I know a lot of people keep theirs in their bathrooms. I keep mine in my room because I spend all my time in here. I used to have one at my desk when I was working this nine to five that I hated because it was helping me to stay on track and remember the reason why we were at that stupid job to begin with. And now here we are. I also recently started doodling on an iPad I've been in kind of a painting rut lately. A lot of that right now is just due to locational circumstance. So the iPad has kind of been helping me to scratch that itch. You know, just use Procreate or Adobe Draw or whatever it is that you guys want. But I literally got a like a pencil, an Apple pencil online, and I've been using it to create a lot of digital art, which has been making me feel like I'm producing things without necessarily having to be responsible for the mess of it. And I literally started just by opening it up and doodling and then deleting it and doodling and then deleting it until I found that I was making something substantial that I wanted to build upon and create a piece of art with. So for you, that may look like taking a piece of clay and just squishing it until it becomes something that looks like a shape you want to work with. It might be you just scribbling on the page, you know, until you find your groove. It might just be talking into a microphone and just saying whatever comes out of your mouth and then deleting whatever doesn't sound that great and building upon what actually is working. But I I don't know who's doing that one. I don't know. One thing that I've also noticed is that you can't always coax your inspiration back. Sometimes you just have to power through it, power through the lack of inspiration that is. And that's kind of why I feel like the artist's way is making such good points because You're committing to doing something or a set of tasks every day for a certain amount of time and you're holding yourself accountable to doing that. And even if you're not completing the program, one thing that I've realized is that 
Inspiration and motivation are two different things. And I've found that it is very possible to have inspiration without motivation to complete something. And it's possible to have the motivation to complete something without the inspiration to produce it. So I've definitely realized that there is a balance between the two. It is a balancing act to be able to show up for yourself and actually still write in the journal and actually still doodle on the paper. And I really do feel like it's discipline that pairs the two. Discipline seems to be a common theme in my life right now. It's something that I'm actively working on and I'm finding that it's necessary to literally every single thing that I want to do. And countless people have said this before, but obviously like where you lack in inspiration or motivation, like discipline will be the safety net. It'll always be the thing that saves you from falling into a rut. As long as you show up for yourself every day, as long as you do the things that you've already committed to doing, whether you feel like it or not, eventually your inspiration and motivation to do these things will return. But I've learned that if you don't stay disciplined and you don't do it even when you don't feel like it, the time that goes by between you actually feeling like it again and when you were last inspired is greater. And I feel like it's hard to measure progress when there's large gaps in between. It's really hard to to measure growth, which again is why I think that the progress pictures of more than just your body are important. Because imagine if you were to document how much your art has grown over a 75 day period or a 12 week period or whatever set of time that you've allotted to work on this one thing. I also think another thing on the days that you don't feel like doing it, it's great to have ideas kind of already in your back pocket, especially if you're feeling very uninspired. I know we've talked about the notes app graveyard, but I have a specific notebook that I can write down my ideas so that maybe sometime they can spark something or something that I can go back to when I'm not necessarily in a place to have new ideas. And that's actually really helpful. To break it down in such simpler terms, one time I saw this TikTok where this girl was like, if you don't feel like going to the gym, just go to the gym because no one asked you how you feel. And it's true. No one no one asked you, you know, and you, you can do it upset. You can do it angry. That's one thing that I've learned with these morning pages. Sometimes I'm grumpy. And that means that my pages are grumpy, but they're done. You could be pissed off. You can have a bad attitude, but you were disciplined. And that's, that's the other thing is that when you really think about how inspiration boils down to your brain, it's neurological. There's definitely a certain level of self-awareness that you kind of need to be able to do a, a check, a pit stop with yourself and realize that, hey, maybe I need to go spend some time outside to break whatever rut I'm in. But it really is just all brain waves. Like your inspiration has to come from inside your brain. It actually specifically comes from the right side of your brain, even though your creativity is housed on the left side of your brain. Before your brain identifies it as inspiration, it's literally something that your brain is seeing as thought and potential logic and part of it takes some planning and strategy. And then you get a burst of brain waves that your brain now identifies as inspiration. It's literally a burst of brainwave activity in your visual cortex right before inspiration strikes. And that's why when inspiration does strike in cartoons, it's portrayed as like the light bulb ding because it is literally a surge of brain activity. With that being said, it means that you need to take care of your brain if you wanna be inspired. So you have to be sleeping enough and eating enough and, you know, resting. 
And once you start to understand that, all of a sudden, things like 75 Hard, things like The Artist's Way, all of these programs where they prioritize you getting enough sleep, you making sure that you're eating properly, you making sure that you're exercising so that you can get blood flow to your brain, it all makes so much sense. And I know it all sounds like common sense, but we as humans tend to neglect our bodies more than we should for the sake of things like, unfortunately, capitalism. But I digress. So by this point, we've already covered that most inspiration comes from some sort of behavioral characteristic that you need to implement. And psychologically, technically, if you were to do these things, that could be considered something new to you. But if you can put yourself in a position to learn or to just try one new thing every day, it puts you in a position to gain some inspiration once you've gotten past the basics of nourishing your brain and letting it rest. And I will say, it doesn't have to be a skill where you produce anything. For example, like you can download Duolingo. There's another app if you're not interested in learning a language that's used to communicate with other people. There's another app called Mimo where you can use it to learn code. But either way, Duolingo or Mimo, they work the same way. And it's a couple minutes every day. It's an exercise. Not only do you feel productive, do you feel like you've accomplished something, but you did learn something new. And that alone leads to inspiration because the next time you see something in regard to that topic, you might actually know what they're talking about and it may open a bunch of different doors for you. Okay, so we're at the part of the episode where we talk about some actionable steps that you can take to uh, put everything that I've just said in the last 35 minutes into um, a plan that you can follow. And remember, the whole premise of this is manipulating the brainwaves. It's literally just trying to get your brain to fire off some juice in that visual cortex. So let's start with the simple ones. When you're not feeling like you're capable of creating something, like you don't have any any internal inspiration, maybe eat a snack, take a nap. Let's start there at the basics. So we're going to make sure that we ate breakfast, that we drink enough water, that our brain is taken care of. And once we've covered that part and we're still not feeling inspired, which is okay, we can do a little self-assessment to see whether some of this lack of inspiration is coming from social exhaustion, whether you've just been around too many people, maybe you need to recharge. So we can do things by ourselves. We can journal We can journal outside in nature. We can go to the beach. We can go to the park. We can let the sun hit our face. We can go for a drive. Sometimes when I don't feel like being outside because it's hot or cold or raining or whatever, sometimes literally just getting in my car and turning the music on and driving is such a good way to indirectly let the sun hit my face. But spending time alone is really great for figuring out what it is the problem actually is. But if you're feeling like it's the opposite problem for you where you just haven't had enough external stimuli, you haven't seen anything new, no one's really said anything new, um, there are some great places where you can seek it out. Remember, we can network. We can try to surround ourselves with people who are your peers, people who are doing similar things that you're doing, people who are working towards similar goals that you're working towards. And that can be online too. Like think about my Slack channel. Think about how I was talking about all my TikTok mutuals. 
I don't like to do everything chronically online. I love in-person socialization, but sometimes the internet really does offer a fruitful connection every once in a while. And maybe you don't need to socialize. Like I said, sometimes you just need a little bit of a refresh and the doom scrolling doesn't always help. So you can choose to consume content that is actually created to provoke thought. And like I said, I love a good book. So maybe your plan of attack, maybe your actionable step for the week is to take your journal and a book and go on a nice drive somewhere, get out at a park, sit down, journal, and then read a little bit, put a blanket out, take your shoes off, just really spend some time with the earth and your thoughts at the same time and see if that does the trick for you. And now some food for thought because... I've realized that uh, sometimes someone needs to pose the question for you to unlock that level of self-awareness. So here are things that at one point I hadn't considered and now often do. When I get into these ruts and I have to do a little self-check-in, one of the first questions that I often have to ask myself is about monotony. Basically, do I think that the monotony in my routine is blocking my creative inspiration? That was a big problem for me when I had a nine to five. Not only was I working in a semi-creative career, I was doing a lot of content creation, marketing, graphic design, all of that. So I was spending my creativity brain cells on projects that weren't necessarily mine. They were mine for work, but by the time I would get home, I would no longer have the energy to create anything for myself. And then doing it over and over and over again, five days a week, meant that five out of seven days, I didn't feel like I had anything left for myself. I was also finding that I'm a person that needs a lot of external stimuli. So working in a cubicle or in an office at a computer all day was not providing that. So I wasn't seeing or seeking out anything new to learn and be inspired from. And then my other question in our food for thought segment today which is again, part of my own self-awareness check is, am I actually uninspired or do I literally just not have the bandwidth to pursue any extracurricular creative projects? And I know I just touched on that a little bit, but truthfully, I don't think that a lot of us realize when we're overspent. So we spend a lot of time punishing ourselves for it, which I feel like kind of furthers the burnout that you're feeling. And it perpetuates a lot of negative self-talk and I kind of go through this phase where I beat myself up about it and I feel really disappointed in myself for not feeling creative. It's literally like like erectile dysfunction, but for my creativity, like for my ability to create art. And it's frustrating because sometimes I feel like my own self-validation is tied up in the amount of art that I produce. And I often have to remind myself that I'm still an artist even when I'm not currently producing art. Like even football players have off seasons. That's the whole point of summer break as a kid is so that you can have some time to relax and to rest so you don't get burnt out. And I've realized that if I can't identify when I do and don't have the bandwidth to take on new projects that I'm putting on myself, by the way, I do all of this myself. It's not like someone's waiting on me to produce these things but I do still put a lot of pressure on myself. And sometimes I've realized if I'm not mindful about it, I can induce my own burnout. Like sometimes I'm sick of myself. 
That's the problem. Sometimes it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. But yeah, just being really mindful of the pressure that you put on yourself really does actually help to regulate um, the stress of that pressure. Because I know we all do it. Even people who don't have creative careers, uh, you know, people who really seek academic validation from their life have a similar tendency to take on more or every single time they get bored, they want to get another degree. And I feel like that's another area of life where people have to self-regulate and uh, really prioritize making sure that their brain is healthy enough to to take on such a rigorous course load. And I do hope that uh, no matter who listens to this, they can resonate with some of the things that I'm saying about this, which is why I've tried to uh, point out examples and make points about things that weren't just about creating art specifically. Um, but as always, you know, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. Uh, thank you for spending uh, this time with me. I can't believe that I actually spoke for a whole 45 minutes. Uh, you're probably going to get 45 minutes of this, but I've spoken for way more than 45 minutes to create this. So if you've made it this far in the episode, um, thank you so much for listening. And uh, I hope to see you next week. When I edit this, I'm going to make sure to make a list of all the things that I promised I would put in the show notes. And I'm going to go ahead and put them all in there. I'm going to leave the PDFs for The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron in case you did want to look at it, as well as a link to uh, all my socials and resources in case you wanted to check that out. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate it five stars um, on wherever you're listening to it. And thank you so much for your time. I will see you next week. Later.